0: Okay, so back again. Uh, thanks for joining us. This is Safe Inside, a conversation about school safety. Um, Prancy Robertson, again, is here with us. And uh, we, have a, we have an interesting um, episode for, for, for this week. We had the opportunity to interview one of our local regional safety coordinators. And that is a new position That is basically been a product of the uh, uh, of the governor's report that came from the Safe Council, and uh, so these these positions I think there there's seven positions, seven regions in the state of Alabama, and uh, one of the folks that populates one of those positions holds one of those positions was available to us. and was able to to speak about what they're trying to accomplish, what their function is, and so Prancy and I sat down and spoke with Cynthia Forsyth. and Cynthia, um, we've known Cynthia for a while. Yes, right? okay. we 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 at least for me, I actually met her through the school safety task force. Was that?
1: I had met her once before that, but um, mm-hmm. that's where we had our most contact and began to really build a relationship with her.
0: Okay, yeah, and and so uh, Cynthia, uh, like I say, we've we've at least known her, you know, for the last couple of years. Uh, in, in that capacity but uh, she was she was named one of these regional coordinators and the 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 interview was just an opportunity for us to sit down and and give her also the the forum to kind of explain their purpose and what they're trying to accomplish in the state um, I know specifically you know one of the key factors there is going to be off of threat assessment what they're attempting to train
1: absolutely and uh that safe council, the governor's safe council, as they came together. And, of course, they looked at a number of things um, just related to our school safety and things that were specifically going on That at that time. A lot of that sparked from Parkland, the incident that had happened there. And uh, the governor called that council together, which is a um, number of her, her cabinet members mm-hmm. uh, across the state, the head of um, key agencies, to be involved, to sit down, Similar to the way our task force had done.
0: Exactly, yeah.
1: Just right out of the governor's uh, office, though, to put together a report and advise her on some things that needed to be done immediately Mm -hmm. to do with school safety. And so uh, commend her for making that effort and uh, getting those people together. Uh, One of the key things, obviously, that came out of that was their evaluation of uh, this issue of threat assessment and the fact that uh, to try to look at... um, standardizing that, if you will, across the state. And uh, so it's my understanding they looked at several different formats and uh, processes for threat assessment, and there's a number of them out there. Uh, We have found from talking to school systems that there are several different versions or processes that are being used in different systems. Some of them created their own, um, if you will, that are very similar from things they've learned at different trainings and so forth. the council uh, settled on the Colorado Threat Assessment mm-hmm. as their uh, platform that they're going to work off of in the state. And it's from that, they realized that uh, to get that training out to uh, across the state, they needed a way to do so. And uh, in conjunction with LEA and uh, what used to be the Homeland Security regions, those seven regions across the state, Uh, The initial plan is to create those regional coordinators who would then coordinate with the district school safety coordinators to try to push out this uh, Colorado threat assessment in a train-the-trainer type version to teams at each of their schools or districts and then down to the school level. Mm -hmm. So, and Cynthia is one of those coordinators at the state level. So. Uh, It was wonderful to sit down and talk to her, and I think uh, the folks here get a good understanding of what um, her role is and what she's trying to do, and that's what we want to accomplish with this little segment.
0: All right. Well, without further ado on it, let's get over to the interview. Uh, Again, thank you for listening, and here we go with Cynthia Forsythe. We are here today with Cynthia Forsythe. She is one of the regional coordinators for the Safe Council Safety Program. Uh, specifically focused on training in the different regions. Uh, Her region is Region E. There are seven regions that are covered throughout the state. And part of the reason we've asked her to come speak with us today is because there's been a lot of discussion as we've been out through the state um, and a lot of questions, a lot of uh, curiosity about exactly what the role of our regional uh, safety coordinators would be and uh, what services effectively, they would be providing and coordinating with the schools. So, Cynthia, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you've got going on, and, uh, and and specifically if there's anything you'd like people to try to understand about what is coming and how you can be of additional help to the schools in your region.
2: Okay, thank you, Steve. Thank you for asking me to speak on the podcast. Um, currently, what I have been doing the last probably month and a half, two months, is in my capacity now in, as a uh, regional administrator for Region E, which consists of nine counties. Those counties are Lauderdale, Colbert, Franklin, Lawrence, Winston, Lamar, Lam- Marion, uh, Walker, and Fayette counties. There's uh, 17 school districts within those nine counties in public education. And what, uh, what I have been doing is doing a lot of organization planning reaching out uh, identifying who who each uh, the the district safety coordinator for each district uh, going out meeting with them and sharing with them some upcoming training that we're going to be having um, the training consists of a one day which is a collaborative training where we will have mental health we will have a segment on mental health first aid we'll also have uh, someone there for from alia that will for, that will provide some training with Safe Escape. Then we're also going to have someone from the Office of Information Technology, State of Alabama, that will provide cyber security and cyber bullying. Okay. And then uh, we'll close with, I will do a um, overview of the newly adopted, it's a model for the State of Alabama where we are pushing out the Colorado Threat Assessment. And I'll do an overview of that and I've also got I've got five dates coming up for that particular one day where those districts will come to a specific date that's already been determined. Then I, I will go back to each individual school district. I already have those dates scheduled and I will go provide the actual Colorado threat assessment training, which is considered 1.0. That is the first portion of the Colorado threat assessment and I will be providing that training. So that's what's going to be going on primarily with me in my capacity for the next four months at least. I'll be very busy with that.
0: Okay, excellent. Well, and, and Prancy and I both, uh, we, we were fortunate enough to be able to attend uh, in our role as, as members of the, the, safety, uh, the safety task force, the school safety task force, uh, the training, the train the trainer uh, for the Colorado assessment down in Montgomery. So I can speak from my personal experience, and Prancy may have some to add here, but it's uh, it was, and I, and I went, I actually went up to the guys and talked to them afterwards. I told them and said it was hands down the best train the trainer I have ever been to in any topic. I thought they did an incredible job. The materials were well thought, well presented, very comprehensive. Um, so I, you know, I, I just I know if uh, if 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 that's the foundation. I just can't imagine that it's not going to be anything but excellent for the schools. Prancy, you 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 may have some thoughts from the law enforcement perspective, but but from where I was looking at it, um, it provides a very consistent method of executing uh, the the threat assessment. So. And I feel like that with a lot of the schools that we engage with, that's that's really what is missing. They may even have some basic procedures in place, but it's not exhaustive, and it doesn't help you take it from that initial potentially report all the way through, and it definitely doesn't uh, provide you necessarily with the history to follow that, that student um, from place to place. and so. Hopefully, hopefully that'll, that'll be some of the things that we're able to address as a state with more consistency. Mm-hmm. Broncy?
1: Well, it's, it was very encouraging to see that you know out of the safe council, the governor's safe council, that uh, this may be one of the most productive, if not the most productive piece of that in the sense that we are looking at more of a standardized approach across the state, reference threat assessment. And just trying to get everyone on the same page where we're at with that you know there's a lot of systems out there that's using uh, either their own version or some other national version that's out there but um, you know again from the law enforcement perspective I'm I'm all about us being as standardized as possible so that when you have teachers parents students moving from jurisdiction to jurisdiction even that we stay consistent with the with the information we're using out there and the different you know, tactics, if you will, that we're using. And um, the element of this that allows you to create, if you will, uh, a type of, uh, to build some patterns, to have a mediation plan for each of those, and then, you know, and follow up on those things, uh, does, is a huge step forward for our school safety because, you know, as part of it mentions in that, as you know, Cynthia, that um, we understand in school safety and all of us who have been around it that we deal with a whole lot more threats of towards school safety than actual incidents of school safety if that makes sense you know we're, we're constantly responding to that well, how does this affect the system will this affect the system is this a threat and but a lot of times it, having a way a good way to evaluate those document them and even look back on them then uh, is not been there and so uh, it's great to see you doing this. One question I have that you can maybe help us answer is when you do those classes now, who is your audience so that everybody here understands? Uh, you know they may take it as every teacher is getting this information or whatever, but who are you pulling into those classes specifically? and, uh, and just that's, I mean I think that would start us in the right direction here.
2: Well, what we're looking at is um, I have asked each district um, coordinator, to provide at each training themselves, along with school, local school administrators, school counselors, a lead nurse, um, maybe someone that's from the central office that's over the counseling. Um, also, if they have a, a social worker. Also, they can invite, if they have SROs, if they have like a lead SRO, so that they do not pull everyone from particular campuses, but. Maybe the elite SRO, um, local law enforcement, EMA—they're encouraged to invite whomever. Um, If they also have some emerging leaders that are pursuing their administrative endorsement, and they're just not an active administrator, or some lead teachers—if they can um, have them to for a little while to leave their campus to to see attend this beneficial training, uh, you know, those are. The type of people that those positions that we're encouraging to come to the training. Well,
0: and and I think you know, as, as part of what we uh, of course have learned and engaged with as well is part of this process is helping the schools to identify who should be on their crisis intervention and threat assessment teams effectively. Okay. So I think that's really encouraging. Is that it's open to you know kind of a diverse potential audience to help them. Go back and, and really determine who's who is appropriate for these roles. So uh, that's that's very encouraging. Another thing that I uh, I thought is, is really encouraging from my perspective is the incorporation of the cyberbullying, um, understanding how that potentially feeds into threat assessment and how that could uh, that, that could potentially um, be the trigger. That, uh, that the schools need to recognize and identify wherever possible and, and have a process to follow up on. Um, I know we have, uh, we've seen a whole lot of discussions about cyberbullying and how it affects the kids, um, you know, both both in person and cyber. And, but one of the things that I think will be really great is, is with y'all being able to present that both, hey, these are some of the things to be aware of, and here's a process to follow up and execute on that, you know, I would, I would really think that that's a that's a much needed um, area within our schools.
2: So. Well, I just like to make just a couple of comments and kind of backtrack on what Francie said. Um, a lot of times we tend to to meet and we meet and we meet and we talk about our needs. I really do feel that, in my opinion, this is for is we're taking a. a a proactive approach instead of being reactive and I think we're we're moving in the right direction and instead of just talking about it we're taking action and we're putting things in place and, and, and we have the potential to build upon that and create additional uh, trainings and, and opportunities that will that'll provide the professional learning for our educators that they need. Um, our educators are very hungry right now to learn more about school safety Uh, So, this is definitely exciting because we're moving forward. We're not just talking about it. So, that to me is very exciting.
1: Can I ask to Cynthia in this process of the threat assessment? And just so that anyone listening understands, there's a lot of talk out here about um, uh, the additional need for mental health services. And, you know, and a big part of this, uh, the threat assessment, and looking at that is the mediation, if you will, of the problem, right? When you've got a, a child either involved in, you know, a fight, a bullying incident, as we mentioned, or whatever the threat is, or, you know, maybe they made a threat of some kind. When you start evaluating that and you have, um, I know there's some, there's some tools in this, if I'm, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, to start identifying where that child needs to be directed and what to do with them. And can you explain to us, or what your thoughts are about how important the role of mental health is in that, and how that's going to hopefully evolve even in the state here as we move forward? Because I know there's a number of systems out there that have very limited access to mental health providers, uh, either in their systems for a, you know a licensed professional counselor at that level. You know, we're not talking about um, career counseling here, but mental health counselors, and. And the resources to the outside so how do those work together with this threat assessment program and is it going to benefit that
2: well what we're hoping is that um, there will be more collaboration that will take place in the near future and if the district uh, or even a county with that the district is within that it's if they are not already actively involved in collaborating with mental health agency then this is going to help start the direction for those um, people in those different districts that need that assistance to start building those relationships and collaboration that's very much needed. Um, we are very blessed here in the Shoals area that we have Riverbend. Riverbend started out at Florence City Schools some years ago, and since then they have um, spread down in, throughout the entire school district of Lauderdale County. Colbert County, they're also in Franklin County and now in Russellville City Schools with, within Franklin County. So, those three counties are well represented and it, it also, it I can't say enough about the services that they provide, is that if there is an assessment and they go in and assess the child, there's that recommendation and they feel that the child needs services then if that family cannot provide the services and come to one of their locations, they are coming into our schools. So it may be a family that has trouble with transportation in general. It's just a, uh, it's been a great partnership and I know throughout the state, there are just a few more counties that have something in place. So it is absolutely a need for our state to have that resource in place if it's not
1: already there. Mm-hmm. And um, tell me, what's your thoughts on is that, is it more of a, uh, you know, cause I know most of these are, or a lot of these like Riverbend and all, are more of a private, you know, but they're from the private side rather than uh, public health, you know, uh, from a, the aspect of the government in Alabama. So um, do those, or do they need to be more resources toward those private entities to enhance what they're doing or should it, or should we put more resources towards state efforts to beef up mental health? What's just your?
2: I you know really that approach could come from both directions if we really want to make this move and work right and benefit the <laughs> children that are in need and families. Um, I don't know the exact cookie cutter approach to that, but I would think I would see that from both levels that it's needed, that it's going to help. Yep. The funding would help move that forward, coming from the state and any any resources that's helping. Private entities, um, we've just got to do something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. We've got to do something.
0: Well, in that model, I think is is yeah. is encouraging because that way you do have a shared resource, right? Um, you know, Riverbend is in a position to have lots of licensed professional counselors, and that shared approach potentially reduces the burden individually on any one school or system. And, and, and potentially also um, allows you to be in a situation where there is that shared experience that can be benefited from as well. So,
1: With just so many aspects of school safety as we begin to travel around the, the systems who have built good partnerships in general, whether we're talking about mental health or your first responders or private entities of any kind that they're reaching out to and are building those relationships, as you mentioned, that you know the uh, the early relationship building and uh, working together is definitely the systems who seem to be, uh, if you will, uh, on the cutting edge of their of school safety. Uh, it's just so important, uh, and we try to emphasize to folks as we talk to them how important building those relationships are. Would you agree with that or?
2: Absolutely, and one thing that I've learned. Um, from being on the State Department uh, task force the last three and a half years, is just being around Steve Prontsi and others throughout the state uh, who have been so directly involved with school safety. I've learned so much, and it's it's just essential. And I feel like that those collaborative efforts are they are absolutely needed. And for everyone to kind of be in their own cubbyhole, so to speak, and we've we've moved away from that in Franklin County where it's like you have your, this school, and you have the other school, and yes, everyone, each campus is different and whatnot, but we want to, and we are effectively and very involved with collaborative efforts with mental health, also with law enforcement. I mean, goodness, we just put our first SRO in place at the end of last school year, and we have it now, and we're wanting to build upon that program. Right. It is essential that we get with first responders mental health those people who have the expertise in the areas that educators were not taught when they went through
1: college. Sure. Through college. It's yeah. Well, they are there to educate. They were Absolutely. meant to be emergency response planners, and uh, and yet it's really about um, you know the education of them just knowing those resources are there. Mm-hmm. Those are the partners will work with you. Uh, we just don't always take the time to reach out to them and say, hey, I don't know how to do this. Uh, Can you help me with this portion of my plan, and become uh, build those relationships is just key to this. Uh, One thing I want to I know that you're one of seven. That's right across of the regional coordinators. So it sounds like there's a there's a good effort there to try to um, give us a more of a standardized type approach. The way we're pushing out this information from the Department of Education as well, and uh, again coming out of the Safe Council of the Governor there that sounds like a positive change do you think so
2: I do think it's positive and it's very exciting this is grassroots this is all new we are develop, developing all of this from the ground up um, I have spent a lot of time just with my planning and my organization of school districts the coordinators logistics of where they're located uh, even when I'm providing the training uh, when I pull everyone from for the one-day training just logistically, looking at a location where I would pull, say, four or five districts, and I'm, I'm having five of the total one days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yes, yes, it's it's very beneficial. Uh, it's exciting, and I really hope that all this continues and we just evolve from what we're starting now.
1: Well, we appreciate you taking on the challenge because it it is a lot. There yet nine counties? Is that right?
2: Nine counties, seventeen districts. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, and just that so you can see just that one district. Can be uh, you know an overwhelming task mm-hmm. if uh, you're not really focused and have a, a way to do it, and so breaking it down into these pieces is definitely a good start. So we appreciate you so much for the work you're doing.
2: Well, thank you. I appreciate what what each of you do as well.
0: Oh, thank you so much, um, Cynthia. Before we go, could you uh, could you tell folks where they could ask questions or get in touch with anybody in relation to the topic? Is there any uh, any point of contact? Would it uh, would it be appropriate for them to go through the state or possibly reach out to you?
2: Well, uh, they could reach out to me, but again, I'm in Region E. I'm not sure whom who is all on this podcast, but uh, I don't know if I want to get my cell number out on no. the
1: podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't suggest that, though. No. Uh, <laughs> and uh, a lot of your work back to the districts, um, you're trying to, uh, if, again, correct me if I'm wrong, are you trying to coordinate with the... The safety coordinators at each of those districts Yes. and so would it be appropriate to advise folks to contact their safety coordinator for their yeah. district if they're interested in learning more about the threat assessment with the Colorado threat assessment or any of the training really that the regional trainers are pushing out
2: that would be probably the best thing because again I'm in the nine counties in the northwest region at the mm-hmm. top of Alabama And those others that are listening may be in a different region, and I think exactly that would probably be the best Mm -hmm. thing, is to contact within their own school district. They could contact that uh, district safety coordinator. Absolutely, I think that would be an excellent response.
0: All right. Well, good deal. Um, so just to kind of relay that, um, you know, if, if you have questions, you'd like more information, contact your school's principal and uh, possibly the safety coordinator, SRO, folks at those levels, and they'll know how to get in touch with uh, Cynthia or the appropriate person in that region to get you more details or options, availability on training and what, uh, what may be to come. So again, Cynthia, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. And uh, hope everybody listening will tune in again. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Safe Inside, a production of Inside Incorporated, the school safety platform.